Hey, you're listening to Recess. I'm Kessel. And I'm Sulin. Today is Wednesday, the 28th of July. Kessel, start the music, please. You know, at this rate, I might be nicknamed the COVID news girl because I bring more news about COVID-19. So on the <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> on the bad news end of the spectrum, we have broken yet another COVID record. We are at 17.4 thousand new cases today. But I also bring good news. So since we started recess, this is episode three. We started on the 26th, which was on Monday. Since mm-hmm. Monday, Malaysia has administered over one million doses of the COVID nineteen vaccine. I love how we have that now because it makes us feel like we're in a live studio, even though we're like three hundred miles apart. But yes, <laughs> um, so on Tuesday, the twenty seventh of July, we've administered about five hundred and fifty three thousand doses, and on Monday, the twenty sixth, it's about five hundred and twelve thousand doses. So yeah, we're we're looking good. So if we look back to the Malaysia's National COVID nineteen Immunization Program Handbook back way back when, the goal was to get eighty percent of Malaysia's population, adult population, to be vaccinated by February twenty twenty two. At the moment, we have about sixty seven point one percent of the population registered for the vaccine. So that's pretty good, I think. But what do you think, Kessel? Yeah, I mean, I read so far we have about thirty-eight percent of our total population vaccinated. Maybe one dose or two dose. So far, actually, five point nine million people have received two doses. Mm-hmm. So I think that's good news. Thirty-eight percent, as I as I've said, um, which I want to talk a bit about. You're bringing in uh, the numbers, but I want to talk a bit about the special. Privileges for those who are fully vaccinated, right. uh, because last week our Prime Minister Mohidin said that the privileges for fully vaccinated Malaysians include allowing long-distance married couples to cross district or state borders to meet their spouses, mm-hmm. and they can also enjoy activities like sports and dine-ins. And mm-hmm. for fully vaccinated travelers arriving in the country, they can quarantine at home instead of being at hotels or quarantine centers. You know, mm-hmm. just to save costs. Mm-hmm. But I think as much as I want, um, because I'm I got my first dose already, and I'll be getting my second dose in September. Like mm-hmm. I think early September. As much as I want to be part of the privileged, um, <laughs> what do you call it, citizen, I'm a bit worried because we can take a look at other countries. You know, mm-hmm. like Singapore or Israel or US, especially with the Delta variant going around. Um, right now, I actually just saw a map on CNN. They posted a few minutes ago, like how the variant is. They are more easily transmittable. Mm-hmm. It's not that people are gonna get sicker, but uh, the transmission rate is higher. Yep. And actually, U.S. officials are considering whether uh, they should wear masks again because I you see videos all around. People yeah. are already in the bars, in the club. They are not wearing masks and just being in close contact. And mm-hmm. actually, in Los Angeles County, they are requiring masks even among the vaccinated in indoor public spaces. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, a study in China they found that people infected with Delta variant carry a thousand times more virus in their noses compared oh, with the OG version first identified in Wuhan in 2019. So mm-hmm. it means that if you are still vaccinated, if you are vaccinated, you are still gonna get COVID. Yeah. So I mean, what are your thoughts on this relaxed rules for vaccinated Malaysians, which we will find out I I believe in a few days from the Prime mm-hmm. Minister. 
I think that personally, at least, if you can stay at home, still stay at home, wear mm. a mask wherever possible. Even if you get the privileges, the quote unquote privileges, don't use them unless you have to. So I understand that, you know, you want to see your spouses that you haven't seen in a while. You want to be able to exercise outdoors. And those are all uh, those are all legitimate things. But at the end of the day, I think wherever possible, we shouldn't use this as an excuse to let's say, open up more shops or things like that. If you can work from home, then certainly I think working from home is still a better alternative. But yeah, I think that's... Yeah, there's also another concern like for businesses, you know, of course, business people are mm-hmm. supporting this because um, we see among ourselves in Penang or in KL, like businesses are shutting down because yeah. um, takeaway orders are definitely lower than dining orders. Mm-hmm. And this is good for business owners so that people can start to dine in. They can get a bit of yep. cash flow to just maintain until we are open up fully again. Yep. Um, but uh, I read um, this morning from uh, a doctor at the... He's also a senior lecturer and co-lead of the Infection and Immunity Research Strength at the Jeffrey Charles School of Medicine and Health Sciences. He mm-hmm. said that we can only ease up when 60 to 70% of people are vaccinated and now we are at 38%. Mm. So it might still be too early as much as I want to see my parents. I haven't saw them in a few months and dine out with my friends. I just don't want us to hit the fourth wave again, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with you. And so I think that to encourage people to register and to get their vaccine, let's give a quick crash course on the three types of vaccines that are available in Malaysia here. Mm-hmm. So that, that's where I come in to give you all a quick lecture on the three types of vaccines that we had and possibly dispel some misconceptions because you know those typical like WhatsApp anti-uncle groups, forwarded messages, you know, there's a risk of fake news here. So to assure everyone, um, I spent the past morning basically doing all of this. This was from my Sujatra, from a couple of news websites, all legitimate, credible sources. So let's get down right into it. In Malaysia now, we have three different vaccines. Uh, Kes, which vaccine did you get? I got the AZ. AstraZeneca. Okay, great. So that is the first one we'll talk about then. So there are three vaccines, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, and Sinovac. So AstraZeneca is the one developed in the UK by AstraZeneca and Oxford University. So how it works is that it is a modified virus that is given to you. So like a live virus, and then they weaken it, and then they put it in your body, and it's training your immunity. Uh, your immunity system to recognize these viruses so it can build its own immune response to it. Essentially, uh, how AstraZeneca works is that, is that it trains your body. It's giving like a small, weaker version so you know how to tackle it in case you are exposed to the real COVID. I see. All right. And then, as you mentioned, you are going to get your second dose in September. So that is true. AstraZeneca is administered in two doses. All right. And then you'll be happy to know that the efficiency rate, uh, the efficacy rate of AstraZeneca is about 62 to 90%. So you are quite healthy, I think. You're quite (laughs) well protected. (laughs) All right. So moving on to the second one that we hear a lot about is Pfizer. So this is another one that's available in Malaysia. It's also known as Pfizer-BioNTech. It originates in the US. So this one operates a little bit differently. What it does, it is that it has a messenger RNA, okay? Now, to dispel misconception, this does not, and I repeat, does not change your DNA. It just gives you a RNA messenger cell that teaches your cells to produce a spike protein. Then, 
your body's immune system knows how to recognize that spike protein. And same thing, your immune system will be trained. It recognizes how to look at these spike proteins and it develops the necessary antibodies. So the difference between Pfizer and AstraZeneca is that Pfizer only uses synthetic components. So notice how I didn't say that there was a weakened version of the virus. There wasn't mm. a dead version of the virus because it's not. It's a synthetic component that trains your body how to recognize the virus. So it's not a live virus. It's a synthetic component. All right. And then Pfizer is administered also in two doses, but it boasts a 95% efficiency rate. So look at that wow. numbers. Yep. But at the 95% efficiency rate also comes the cost. So it is quite difficult to store. You need to store it in specialized cold environments of negative 75 degrees. Can you imagine how cold that is? But yes, that is the one that we are also administering in Malaysia. And Pfizer is approved by the Malaysia's Drug Control Authority for use in those ages 12 and above. So for those who are 12 to 18, those are the new bracket that they're looking to get vaccinated in the next, yeah. I think the next month or so. And they will most likely be able to get Pfizer. Mm. And now to the more controversial one, let's hopefully clear up a couple of myths here, Sinovac. Right, so Sinovac starts. Uh, Sinovac was created in China. It is an inactivated vaccine. So it's also different from AstraZeneca and Pfizer because an inactivated vaccine basically uses killed virus particles. So they are COVID particles, but they're dead. And then they put that into your body to trigger the body's immune response to the virus. So the similarities between all three vaccines is that you're training your immune system to recognize the virus. The difference is that what you are showing your immune system to train it, essentially. Right? The efficiency of Sinovac is 50.4 to 91.25%. So you're probably wondering like, oh, the range is very wide, right? Like, why is it like that? So because of that, on the 15th of July, the Malaysia's Ministry of Health announced that the country will stop administering Sinovac once, it, once its current supplies run out due to mounting evidence that the vaccines have limited efficacy against the Delta variant. And as we mentioned, the Delta variant is the one that's causing us a lot of trouble right now. It's the one that's rampant all over Southeast Asia. So to clear a misconception, Sinovac the government is going to discontinue administering Sinovac, not because it is unsafe, not because it is dangerous to the population. It's just because it may be less efficient. And then that uh, reason for the, uh, sorry. And to top that up, the government is considering offering booster shots for those who have the Sinovac vaccine, like they do in Turkey or United Arab Emirates. So it's not because it's dangerous. It's just that it may not be providing us as much protection as we need. So after this stock runs out, they're going to stop administering Sinovac from, uh, the government is gonna stop administering Sinovac. You can get it privately, but the on the government side, that's what's happening. So I hope that clears up any misconceptions here. Thank you what so you much, Lynn, for, for educating us and educating me. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're welcome. I'm very happy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, well, I think we are looking forward to what the PM has to say in the next few days if mm -hmm. uh, there's any special privileges for fully vaccinated Malaysians like myself in September. And yep. I think that's all for today. Yep. Please go get your vaccine. If you're not registered, please go register to get your vaccine. Hopefully this helps encourage you. Thank you guys. Hope you had a great day and have a great one ahead. Bye. <laughs>